T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 76-year-old John Chickie Donahue has quite a tale to tell. Now, it might sound like a barroom boast embellished with plenty of blarney, but he can back it up. In 1967, he embarked on an odyssey halfway around the world to bring beers to his buddies in Vietnam. It all started in Inwood, Upper Manhattan. Going back up to the old neighborhood, I was in uh, Doc Fiddler's and uh, Georgie Lynch, the bartender, we used to call him the Colonel. Uh, he was a military historian, amongst other things. And uh, he says, we got to do something for them guys. And uh, he said uh, he wanted Chickie's Siemens papers. They're actually a card, like an ID card. He wanted them because he said I could take that and get on a ship and take me over to Vietnam and I'd go buy all them guys a beer. So that couldn't happen. So I thought he was joking in the beginning. I said, don't worry, George. I'll, I'll take care of that. Donahue was a merchant seaman at the time. The next day I came back in the bar and he had uh, some addresses for me, for the guys in the outfits. And he actually had Tommy Collins's mother there, an Irish woman with a thick brogue. She says, Chicky, you're going over to see my Tommy. George Lynch told me, oh, God, thank you, thank you. You tell you see my boy and tell him I go to Good Shepherd every morning, 6 o'clock mass, and pray for him. I said, oh, my God. Now I'm committed to Mrs. Collins. And, you know, she's got the mass involved in it and the church, and this is getting deep. So I sort of had to go then. He signed up for the crew of an ammo ship, three weeks to Panama, two days through the canal, 31 days across the Pacific. And I didn't have a real plan. Uh, it, it would have to be, what's the term, ad hoc. There was, uh, there was no way of uh, planning something like that. There wasn't a tourist office in Vietnam. And, you know, you couldn't. I was winging it, as the expression is. So, uh, and that's what I did. I winged it. Literally, I went on planes and helicopters, and, and I winged around the country. From base to base, down desolate jungle roads, he hitched rides and fielded the occasional question, who are you? Well, I gave him a sob story, like, Gilgan was my stepbrother, and Mama died, and I promised Mama before we buried her that I would take, go and see him and bring him something, whatever, blah, 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 blah. So the guy says, yeah, I'll take you up there. I got, I'm going up there in the morning. Meet me on the tarmac at 0800 hours, and you can fly up in my plane. He was the crew mechanic, but he called it his plane. He bumped into one of his buddies by accident on a dirt road. And the guy turns around. He stops the jeep, and he turns around. He looks at me. He says, Jesus, Chicky W. What the hell? Oh, my God. His name was Kevin McClellan, and he was one of the guys on my list. Once he bought that friend a few beers and had a few laughs, he kept crisscrossing the country. And talked my way with the operations guy. And by this time, I'm way up in the up in the north. I'm up in the north. I'm up in the highlands, and I'm a civilian. I was dressed in light dungarees and a, what they call a madras type shirt, bright shirt. I had long hair, not really long hair, but long for those days, longer than anybody in the army. And uh, I had a couple of days' growth, and uh, 
they just took me as some sort of government civilian employee. There wasn't many of them there, but any civilian that was out in that part of Vietnam was related somehow to the government. He used that perception to his advantage. The one they really pinned me down and asked me, a couple of them did, what are you doing here? And I would tell him, listen, if I told you the truth, you wouldn't believe me anyway. So it's better off you don't know. So they accepted that. One night, he found himself on ambush patrol with his buddy Ricky Dugan. They thought there was a chance that the, the post was going to be overrun. They gave me a weapon. I was scared to my pants. I filled my pants. And they, they showed me where to run. If in case they got overrun, I'd have to go that way. And the, the, the line was over there. <laughs> That's when I realized this was a stupid thing to do, Chicky. You shouldn't have done this. In 1968, during the Tet Offensive, Donahue ended up in a Jeep with two CIA agents. They handed him a 45 caliber handgun. The Jeep before me up at the end of the block got hit with a rocket that blew up. These guys jumped out of the Jeep, and I'm now I'm wobbling down the street in the backseat of a Jeep with nobody driving it and no passenger. I finally got out of that. And I got stuck there the rest of the day, into the night, overnight, in a battle that went on there. All the while, no one called his bluff. They're still mistaking me for some sort of government official, like a CIA agent. They never did name exactly what they thought I was, but I had to be official. They weren't prepared for me. There was no manual to say, if somebody like this shows up, this is what you do. They just, I guess it hadn't happened before or it happened in such a scattered way. But honestly, they were out there on a mission doing whatever they were doing, fighting in a war, and they weren't prepared for maybe a, a, a little... I was like a little gnat on a big elephant's ass. There was... They weren't... You know, they ignored you. One of his buddies from Inwood, Bobby Pappas, was stationed at an ammo depot. he come walking through the door, and I almost had a heart attack. It was like, uh, he, it was like, I just seen him yesterday, you know, uh, Hey, what's going on? You know, blah, blah, blah. Let's go have a beer. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, came up from, uh, Saigon and boom, boom, boom. We started talking and then I said to him, how the hell did you get in here? Because it wasn't, they didn't just let anybody in here. You know, I mean, even when the uh, army of the Republic of Vietnam came in, they had to have a, uh, escorts they had jeep escorts with machine guns on them you know just to make sure that they didn't pull they didn't pull any stunts you know so he told me the story about i told him you know that i was from the old neighborhood after the shock wore off the magnitude of the gesture set in it was a good hopeful experience for me it gave me a little uh it made me think that there was a good chance i was going to get home in one piece you know so it was good to see him I didn't think that uh, there was any chance of me getting out of there alive because we we were uh, a primary target, being you know, the largest ammunition depot in the world, you know. So when he showed up, it kind of gave me like uh, a sign, or a little bit of uh, gave me some hope and uh, an expectation that you know if this guy can run around the country the way he was running around the country, uh, there was a good chance that. Uh, he was going to get back, I was going to get back, and the other guys were going to get back. Having completed his mission, buying beers for his buddies in Vietnam, Donahue now had to get home. By that time, the ship had gone. 
and I had to start getting myself paper. I didn't have a passport. I didn't have a visa. All I had was my Merchant Siemens ID card. I got to Saigon and got caught in a bureaucracy. He eventually got hired on another ship and made it to Seattle. Got off the plane, took a cab back to the same bar I left from, and walked in the door and I said, It's Shiggy! He's alive! Nobody knew where I was. They didn't know whether I was alive or dead. So he recounted his adventure. People didn't believe me when I told them the story, and it was insulting. All right? I said, oh, my God, I thought I did a nice thing. And, you know, I thought it was a pretty good story, pretty stupid thing to do, but still a great story, I thought. For years, he didn't speak about it. Finally, Donahue put pen to paper with help from reporter Joanna Malloy. It was good that she was able to verify all. So after 50 years, it's not just Chicky telling the story. It's those four guys confirming their part of the story. And the records researched by my co-author confirming the story. The book is called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. I look back at it now, and at the time, it was the right thing to do. My buddies were in danger. I had buried 26 kids from my neighborhood at that time before I started on, the, on my journey. And these guys were in, in danger. And they were doing their duty to their country. And uh, I, I owed it to them. And I had the time and the ability to do it. I was not married. I had no family to, to, to be concerned about. And I had the wherewithal to get there. And it was the right thing to do. Uh, 50 years later, that was a pretty stupid thing to do, Chicky. But still, for a young man that I was at that time, it was the right thing to do. And I'm glad I did it. And I can look my friends in the face, these four guys, and I know, and they've expressed in different ways, that they appreciated that I showed up just to say thanks and just to have a beer with them and let them know that the neighborhood supported them, that the, that the community was behind them. It wasn't a political thing, had nothing to do with politics. It was they were doing their duty to the for the community, and they were in danger, and the community, through me, was thanking them. And that was the right thing to do. Sean Adams, WCBS News Radio 880. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.